0: This is Janice
1: and I'm Sarah N.
0: and we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern-day working professional.
1: Each week, we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally.
0: Hello, everyone. We are
1: officially wrapping up Season 1 of the Explore This podcast with this final episode where Janice and I will be sharing our 2021 Year in Review. Janice, I'm not sure about you, but I remember so vividly how I celebrated the new year of 2021 on January 1st, and I just cannot believe how quickly this year has passed. I know it seems like we say this every year, but this year in particular, it seems even more true than ever before. Like, where did 2021 go? And you know what? By the time this episode drops, you would be about a month away to a brand new year of 2022.
0: Gosh, I completely feel you. I think a part of me is still processing 2021, to be very honest. But anyways, you know, here we are. We're going to do a review about our 2021 this year. So we're quite excited about that. And we got to say, setting resolutions for a new year is a common practice. And being excited about the start of a new 365 days ahead of us is great. But it's also equally If not more important, to take some time to pause and reflect on what the year 2021 has been to us and what we've learned. I think it's important to set our intentions for the new year and to enter 2022 thoughtfully, no matter how uncertain or tumultuous the new year may be. But for most of us in different parts of the world, we would still be experiencing the aftermath of COVID-19 in many different ways.
1: In Malaysia, where I'm currently based, we've been living under various stages of the Movement Control Order MCO pretty much all throughout 2020 and 2021. And only about a month and a half ago, pretty late, I would say, that Malaysia started opening up through the National Recovery Plan, with more than 95.5% of Malaysia's adult population being fully vaccinated, which basically meant that interstate travel and social activities were slowly but surely being allowed to resume in November malls, restaurants, as well as bars were fully open and we started seeing business as usual resume very quickly. Traffic was building up and quite a number of people I know have started returning to the office. I have not personally but Janice, I understand that in Hong Kong it's very much different. Can you share and let us know how that's been for you?
0: Yeah, so you're right. Things are a bit different here in Hong Kong. We've been operating pretty much in a business as usual mode, I would say, for the most part of 2021. So, For as long as I can remember this year, we've had close to zero local cases, which is great. So businesses have been able to operate as per usual and even day-to-day activities like going to the gym, dining out, having a cup of coffee, hiking. All of these activities are possible with some restrictions in place. Having said that, not all is rosy. International travel is Pretty much impossible because of very stringent COVID quarantine measures and border controls. We have, I would say, the longest quarantine period in the world at 21 days. That's insane. Yeah, I know. I know. And Malaysia falls in that category. So, yeah, I got to say many expats who are living here haven't returned home to see their families since the beginning of 2020.
1: All of this is to say, I'm sure we've all had many plans, but 2021 had its own mind. And this aftermath of COVID-19 threw a wrench in many of our lives. And we also acknowledge that while we're all in the same storm, we are very much in different boats. So if you have suffered the loss of a loved one or just a loss or grief in one way or another, our hearts definitely goes out to you. And I think as Janice and I have been reflecting about the year, as well as our journey on the Explore This podcast, we decided that we would love for this opportunity to share with you in this episode about our personal as well as intimate reflections, discussing our highlights, some lowlights, and most importantly, lessons learned in this very eventful and challenging 2021. And with
0: that, Janice, how about you kick us off and share with
1: us what has some of your highlights of 2021 been?
0: I gotta say, Sarah, I'm equal parts nervous, but also excited to talk about this because I think it's we always talk about how we want to insert more of ourselves in our episodes, right? And this is gonna be one of those episodes that we're gonna get quite candid and very personal about some of the goals, the hopes, the dreams that we've had in this year. So yeah, just to set some context um before I talk about my highlights and lowlights. New Year's resolutions have been almost like an annual family tradition of mine ever since I could remember, ever since I was really young. So what I would do with my family is we would sit down, write them at the end of the year and read them out to each other on the 31st of December. I don't know if that's something that you do as well, Sarah. I know you're <laughs> a fan of writing down goals and you know resolutions as well.
1: When Janice and I were preparing for this episode, you know, Janice did ask me if there were some specific New Year resolutions that I made at the end of last year to discuss on this episode. And I, as well as her, were both equally surprised when I told her that I think I actually, for the first time, maybe did not set any New Year resolutions.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I think could not definitely, believe
1: that. I think it definitely took Janice by surprise. All of which is to say I love and do a lot of reflections, definitely, just for whatever reason the end of last year, that activity just kind of passed me by. Maybe internally, I did sort of make some reflections, but admittedly did not come up with any tangible 2021 resolutions the way you evidently did, Janice. But would love for you to share some of yours.
0: With 2020 being the year of so much tumultuous uncertainty and lots of plans being halted, I got to say the idea of setting New Year resolution for me felt audacious and almost overly idealistic. But in the spirit of keeping this tradition alive and to enter the year with more clarity and some sense of purpose, I sat down with a bunch of my girlfriends um, at a park at the end of last year. And we did this activity together called the Year Compass. You can get it online, it's completely free. I highly recommend it. And essentially, it's a free booklet with many question prompts that help you reflect on the current year and also set some goals and to design what your plans are in the respective areas for the coming year. Kicking off into the highlights first, I mean, there were many areas that I was reflecting on. And one of the key pillars that I really wanted to focus on this year was actually health and well-being. And the reason why I wanted to focus more on that was because for me, 2020, it was a year where I completely let that area of my life slip. Uh, A lot of the gyms were shut. And, and that's no excuse, but I have to say like the fact that the gyms were shot and I didn't have enough space in my home at that time made me kind of become very sedentary and i also had like a bad relationship with food so in terms of the health and fitness sphere i was yo-yoing like crazy right i was trying different things i was like, crash dieting it was just really bad so i learned the hard way that health and well-being shouldn't be an afterthought because i realized myself and in, in my life it was a manifestation that i saw that when this pillar of my life wasn't well taken care of many areas of life became negatively affected as a result of that so in my plan during, in that year of Compass activity, I did set some metrics for myself to hit by the end of this year. So it's like X percentage of fat percent loss, X percentage of weight loss, you know, being able to do a 10k run comfortably. These were some of the fitness goals that I set. I'm quite proud to say that I managed to hit some of it. And overall, yeah, I got some breakthrough in this area. So in terms of health, I did start running regularly, especially at the end of last year when when all the gyms were shut. And it was very therapeutic. And I found it great in terms of minimizing anxieties that I had. And sometimes like the high amount of stress, that was really good to get myself out there. And it was my form of a meditative activity. But I would say the one thing that was a game changer for me was actually signing up for my gym at F45. And I got to say, it's not a sponsor ad, but I'm open to sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. F45, essentially, for those of you who do not know, it's a gym that focuses on high intensity interval training. And it's very fun because every day the um, workouts are different. You get like pumping music with it. So yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. And what I think I found was important for me to find something I genuinely enjoy and worked best for my lifestyle. So it was form of exercise that I loved, I enjoyed, and it was near me, proximity was good. I had very little excuse or like friction towards achieving my daily goals of trying to go to the gym, right? It was re- really rewarding, I would say, to see myself get stronger and more toned. But beyond that, I would say like committing to the gym and developing a very consistent fitness activity was that it actually instilled a sense of discipline and consistency into my life. I've always thought of myself as someone who was like kind of non committal to fitness but I'm happy to say that fast forward a year later it's very much a part of my routine and habit now. I can't imagine going you know two three days without hitting the gym and uh, I think more than that it's also introduced me to a wonderful community of friends at the gym as well.
1: Shout out to your community there, Janice. Really happy that you've got a bunch of people who keep you going, keep you going strong, I would say. And Janice has a crazy routine of like waking up something like 6 a.m. <laughs> to hit the gym at 6.30 before starting work. So kudos to you, Janice, for definitely keeping up this active
0: lifestyle. Thanks, girl. I mean, it was very difficult in the beginning, I have to say. But even if it's a bad day, one bad day, two bad days, it doesn't mean that um you should give up, I think, What really helped was reminding myself that it's okay to start over because at the end of the day, it's about consistency and it's about trying your very best to show up each day. Another thing that I wanted to add as well in this health and well-being pillar was actually being introduced to the concept of life coaching this year. So this was really interesting. I started working with a life coach a few months ago with with a friend of mine called Clara. Shout out to Clara. When Clara reached out to me and told me about this concept of life coaching, I had Some doubts about it. I mean, I've done coaching at work, like in a professional sense and and did peer-to-peer like work coaching, but life coaching was something that was very new to me. But I gave it a shot and it's been very instrumental for my growth. I think it's helped me reframe some toxic thought patterns and also work through some issues that I have. And this is like personal and professional. It's, It's life in general. One thing that people always say is that, you know, People think that coaches are are meant to give you all the answers. But what I've learned through this process is that coaching isn't about your coach providing you the answers, but it's the coach helping you hold up a mirror to see what you need to do and what are the steps you need to take to proactively um, improve these areas in your life. So yeah, these are some myths about coaching that I kind of busted along the way. It's not about helping problematic people or for people with mental health issues to go through it's also for people who are doing well in different areas of their life who want to elevate and achieve more breakthrough in their life I gotta say like all in all life coaching this was something that was very new to me I've learned a lot of new frameworks new toolkits through this process and yeah really excited to say that like this is something that I do want to explore more of in the year 2022 So yeah, that's kind of uh, my highlights. It's quite a bit, I know, but I would love to hear about your highlights, Sarah.
1: On that note, Janice, I have to say that I would love for us to deep dive further into some of the things you've learned through your life coaching. So we'll try to cover it a little in one of our future upcoming episodes. In terms of highlights of 2021 for me, I have to say that the highlights that came to mind were some work-related milestones. So 2021 marked one full year at my current workplace in January 2021 since I graduated from the MBA. And in my current role, there has been a lot of transitions which happen in this customer success role that I'm in. For example, there were internal reorgs. It was an extremely steep learning curve. Every day I'm reminded that I'm still learning and every day I'm also reminded that there's something new that I didn't know the day before. But I have to say that we ended the financial year in July, 2021. Well, as a team, as an organization, as a company, but from a more personal perspective, I also ended it with several mini achievements that I found it really hard to want to talk about because it felt so self trumpeting and you know it made me a little bit uncomfortable to because it felt like it was bragging but I guess in the spirit of wanting to own your achievements and not being Shy to talk about things. There was several key achievements that were pretty, yeah, was pretty proud of. I have to say, I think it's hard to even talk about things that we're proud of. I think this is a learning that I've I've come to realize as well about ourselves. But hopefully, Janice and I were getting better at it. So that is one of the nominations for a Women at ICT Award. That it was a Rising Star Award for being under eight years within the IT industry. So I got nominated for that. Didn't win, but still, it was very humbling to say the least, to receive this nomination to be among um, many other incredible winners who were nominated for this category. And also within the organization being awarded subsidiary-related awards. And so by no means, these were huge achievements But to me, they were small recognitions that it was possible to excel and to deliver value and impact through my work and role. And all of this is to say that I really acknowledge that I have a great manager, great team, great colleagues. I personally do enjoy my work. Obviously, there are bits and bobs that we might not like or that we dread to do, but As a whole, I do enjoy my work and what I'm doing, and more importantly, working for an organization that I feel proud to be a part of. And so on that note, one learning that I wanted to share tied to this highlight is the importance of knowing who can be your supporters and champions at your workplace. And essentially, these are people who can help set you up for success. And so... Very tangible and simple, practical example that I've personally experienced is knowing that if I've done something well, there are other colleagues or even my manager who would help to amplify the work I've done to higher level management individuals so that they are aware Visibility is obviously important, but it's visibility in the right places. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying do things for the sake of visibility, but at the end of the day, we acknowledge and recognize that it's important to gain certain sort of visibility on the work that you are already doing. And so in turn, I try to do the same. For example, when a customer appreciates the work that my engineers do within my team for the customers that I'm serving, I do my best to try to amplify it with my engineers' managers to increase their visibility of the impact and the work that they have done because I recognize that someone else has done the same for me. Mm. And so on that note, you know, I definitely look forward to continue contributing and growing in my role. I am very passionate about early in career talent. So even outside the context of the role that I'm in, I try to contribute back by speaking engagements, panel discussions, mentoring, and things like that, because I believe that, you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants who have paved the way before me and people have taken time to mentor me. So whenever it's possible, I try to do the same for others. And I resonate a lot with individuals who try to do career pivot, like I did. So whenever I can, I try to take some time off to share personal experiences and and key learnings as well. I think this is something that Janice and I are very passionate about, which is developing our leadership skills through learning observations from leaders that we admire and learning how we can relate as well as apply them in our own personal and professional lives.
0: Mm, Such a good reminder with what you just talked about how we have benefited personally so much from strong mentors who have you know given us so much with their expertise and even through the guests who have come on our podcast right they've taught us so much so i think the fact that we can now also pass on kind of pay it forward with the experience that we have had going through this career pivot and and each of our stories each of our narratives can be so powerful in helping People discover a new idea or a new potential path that they can embark on. So I think, yeah, all our stories are, are are so powerful, and I'm really proud of you. When you say that these are mini accomplishments and you feel shy, but I, I'm so proud of you. I have to say, mm-hmm. knowing the journey that you've been through, coming from a full-on legal career where we thought way back when like this was gonna be our life, to see you now be able to make this very like, I mean, it wasn't seamless. Obviously, you had to work really hard along the way to make the transition as smooth as you can. So it wasn't all rosy, but you worked hard. And I think, you know, as your BFF, like it's rewarding for me to see you be highlighted and recognized for all the hard work you've put in. So yeah, kudos to you. Thank you, you,
1: girlfriend. Really appreciate it. I think all of this is to also remind us that it is important to look back and recognize how far we have both come in our respective journeys. And when we realize what we've been through and how far we've come, it gives us that extra boost to want to go further to achieve our highest potential. And I think Mm -hmm. sharing that in this common space with our listeners is definitely a huge part of what the Explore This Podcast is about as well. And so on that note, we also wanted to share some lowlights with our listeners.
0: Yeah, you know, in the spirit of obviously being completely real with our listeners, it's not fair if we only like highlight our highlight reels and talk about all the wins and achievements. So Yeah, obviously this year, there were a lot of highs and lows. And similar to you, I also started my new role. It's only been over a year or so. And to be completely frank, it's been quite a roller coaster journey, I would say for me. And of course, there have been achievements and wins and new learnings. But yeah, along the way, I think I I did battle a lot of imposter syndrome and negative thought patterns this year in my role. These negative, this imposter syndrome would be thoughts like, oh, maybe I'm not like smart enough for this role or maybe they hired the wrong person for this. Obviously, these are not real. These are thoughts that stem from kind of hyperinflated anxiety and most of them are completely baseless, of course. But the root cause of, I think, where all these thoughts came from was my difficulty to dissociate my identity, like myself, from my work. And I think something like that, you know, it's fine, it's all well and dandy when things are smooth when everything's going well so like you know if everything at work is going great it wouldn't be an issue but obviously things will not go according to plan all the time there are moments where like you go through some hiccups or you go through some lows at work and those are the moments that gets really dangerous right when you associate your sense of identity with the work that you do and I think we can relate to that especially from like our legal days right
1: Definitely. and
0: yeah so And I got to say, even though these are lows and and definitely kind of very challenging moments, I'm really grateful that I actually got to process all of these thoughts and anxieties that I had with my life coach. And I found that after a lot of like digging and obviously these are very difficult conversations, I had to confront a lot of truths and dig into where all these thoughts are, are coming from. I realized that this was a thought pattern that I carried with me even way back from my first job as a lawyer back in those lawyer days where that was the point of time where that crippling fear of failure really intensified so this was something I think like I didn't deal with completely yet and it was sort of manifesting in moments of challenge at work.
1: I resonate so much with that, Janice. I just have to say that how often is it that we associate ourselves and our identities with work? And one evident example is whenever people ask us to introduce ourselves, the first thing, well, most likely, the first thing you would always say is, "My name is so and so, and this is what I do." Or even sometimes I catch myself asking things like, "Also, what is it that so and so does?" As if our job title or our occupations are plastered across our foreheads and it's (laughs) the one and only thing that is associated to identity. And I realized that it's exactly what you said. It's not necessarily the case. When we first were transitioning from lawyers into the roles that we are in right now, you know, we had to deal with that, realizing that we we no longer introduce ourselves as lawyers. Mm. Then what do we introduce ourselves As you know there was a lot of stripping away these titles to kind of discover who you really are as a person and and yeah I definitely resonated with these things you shared Jen
0: yeah and all these take time right to unpeel all of these thought patterns take time to unlearn as well and I think after all these discussions that I had with my life coach the reminder of the fact that we are enough and that we are more than the work that we do and at the end of the day Our job is, yes, it's a big part of our lives. We do spend a lot of our waking hours working. But more importantly than that, we are not what we do. We are whole. We are complete humans. You know, whether or not you have a great day at work, that does not define who you are as a person. These were all things that took me a lot of time to arrive at. And I think that, we have to be intentional about reminding ourselves these as well and what I've done to kind of make it more tangible is like actually write down affirmations I know it sounds really cheesy but
1: bring you know, on those- cheesy again <laughs> if it works it works yeah, yeah. It
0: <laughs> so I, I don't know for those of you listening out there if this is something that you resonate with for me personally what's really helped me is writing it down on a post-it note you know what Whatever positive affirmation works for you, right? Whether it's I'm enough or I I am good enough in who I am as a person. Positive affirmations that work for you, write it down, put it somewhere that you can see every day until that belief gets fundamentally rooted in your mind. So if Mm -hmm. it's something that you need a reminder about, put it somewhere that you can see. And that will serve as a reminder for you whenever things get really tough. Um, That's been something that's really helped me actually.
1: That's a very tangible way to do it. I love that a visual reminder is is something that you do because by actually seeing it, you let your brain process, understand and most importantly, accept that you are indeed enough. Completely.
0: So yeah, I mean, for those of you who resonate to this, let us know in the comment section, right? If that works for you or not. And also just a mini shout out for those of you out there who are in a space of discovering what you want out of your career and trying to think about what area, you know, if you're not so sure about the area that you're you're in right now and you're sort of rethinking your career trajectory. I think some of the previous conversations we've had with guests, such as Zalina, where we talked about career prototyping, and this was in episode five. And with Marcus Van Gezel in episode seven, where he talks about doing the work and being intentional about what you want to learn, these two conversations that we've had are sort of the career conversations that I find myself reflecting on and also thinking more about when I think about where I want to be in terms of my career trajectory for next year. So yeah, just a little shout out to our guests who have graciously appeared on our podcast this year. But yeah, segueing away um, from me, Sarah, I would love for you to share with our audience. Thanks, Janice, for sharing with
1: us some of the lows of 2021. I can imagine that that discovery period from a work front has definitely been challenging for you as you navigated this roller coaster journey and so from my end some so-called lows from 2021 has definitely been from a more personal front it's been separation from loved ones during this pandemic which is obviously still ongoing and this is from a friendship as well as a relationship perspective you know friendship people like Janice that I haven't seen in like how long has it been again? A year and six, a, year and a half. half. So, you know, when Janice first went over to Hong Kong, this is back in, I think, June, July 2020, we obviously had no idea that she'll be gone for this this amount of time without having the chance to, to come back home. And so just this point about being separated from loved ones during this pandemic is definitely one of the lows of 2021. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this boat. I recognize that a lot of friends... And loved ones are also separated by virtue of borders being closed. And it has been very emotional for many people. And so from from for me, one thing that I do recognize is that definitely 2020 was harder. Janice, you might remember there was a lot more tears involved mm-hmm. um, being separated. This year, 2021, although it has been a low, I kind of wanna think that I've been dealing with it a little bit better and have been. Im- Managing my emotions a a little bit better, uh, recognizing that this is a situation which cannot be controlled. On my own, but what I can take hold of and what I can own is how I react to 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 some of these things. So I recognize that we live in a time where technology exists as an enabler to keep friendships and relationships alive, but it's obviously not the same, and it doesn't replace the face to face connections that we have. So yeah, I'm separated from my partner. Janice is also separated from hers, and you know, it's kind of recognizing as we get older as well, and as we are in the boat that we are right now. I think. It's a lot of priorities shifting Mm. to recognize what is really important in life. And yeah, that's definitely been one of the real big moments of revelations uh, for myself in 2021. It's kind of recognizing that you can have a lot of things going well for you in life, but you also want to make sure that your loved ones are around you to celebrate and enjoy and appreciate those moments with you. And although you can keep in touch as best as you can via, you know whatsapp video calls zoom teams meeting messenger and all of that but it's never the same because that in-person presence is what we all appreciate right that genuine human connection with one another and so the question that has always been top of mind for myself as these things have been developing is really about how do we let the years still count in terms of building meaningful relationships and connections despite being separated by the distance and it also requires so much more effort to celebrate friendships and relationships when it comes to milestones, birthdays, achievements, things like that. You have to be really extra creative. I'm sure this is something Janice you can resonate with as well.
0: Yeah now that it's been what, close to almost two years since the prospect of traveling has not been able to be as as easy or as seamless. I think all of us have developed more creative ways and methods to celebrate our loved ones. And I think that's one upside of the pandemic, I guess, to allow us, you know, spark our creativity on how we can show love Even in the presence of these crazy border rules and restrictions, how do we still show our care and concern to people with the power of technology? So there are different things that we can leverage, but you're so right in the sense that it's still not the same, right? Those are tools that can be enablers, but at the same time, it cannot completely replace physical connection and physical presence of being with your partner or with your loved one i'm looking forward to reuniting with you for sure cannot so, wait <laughs> now that we have shared about our key highlights and lowlights sarah myself would also like to wrap it up with some key lessons that we have learned during this year and the first one that i had was that and this is a saying that i'm sure many of you will be familiar with which is that we cannot control what happens to us but we can certainly control how we choose to react to it. And I think this is a, a thing that I've seen and you know in many, many places. But this year and last year especially was when this thing really became so true. Um, in my life, and I'm sure for many of you as well, right? When the pandemic essentially upended a lot of our plans and just created so many uncertainties in our lives. And for me this year, I think some of the unexpected events that are being thrown into government quarantine camp, that was not very fun. <laughs> not being able to go home at all since arriving here, constantly checking on the dates of, you know, when would the borders be open? When would the quarantine dates be shortened? And I mean, there were so many looming un- certainties that seem to stretch on forever, it was easy to really allow myself to go into this whole grey, bleak state of languishing, right? which is a term that I'm sure many of you um, have heard about by Adam Grant. And I think I've went through a lot of ups and downs in emotionally, feeling really low and then getting into a, a, that bleak state of languishing. But I realized that to allow myself to constantly wallow in something that I had completely no control over, was something that was completely unhelpful in every way possible, right? Mm -hmm. Emotionally, also in terms of the time, the mental energy, and it was just also very draining as well. So what I have come to realize now is that our thoughts affect our feelings and our feelings affect our behavior. And Mm -hmm. these thoughts that we think are so important because it affects the way you feel, which would affect the way that you react. So by choosing to think thoughts that are positive especially for things that we can't control and to channel these thoughts into action that can potentially help for things that you have control over that would be something that would be a lot more productive so that was kind of my learning in terms of trying to control how I react especially for situations that I'm able to change for those that I can't I think You know, you just have to live and and let go in that sense. And the second key learning that I had is that if there's something that you really, really want to do, stop waiting around for the right time or when you are ready. By all means, there are some things that do require time to plan and, you know, requires more time to strategize. But if there's anything that 2021 has taught me, which is that anything can happen and that life is seriously too short and that you will honestly never be fully ready for most of things anyway. And one example for that is our podcast, right? I don't know. It's been something that I've just been dreaming about randomly last year. Simmering
1: in our hearts. Yeah, simmering. And
0: then this year, we sort of had that epiphany moment where we're like, oh, let's do it. If it's something that you can do and something that's within your control, just go forth and pursue that passion project or venture that's been on your heart. You know, go forth and do it. If it's something you've been mulling about, I think this is the universal sign for you to go forth and make it happen.
1: Yeah. Love that. That. Two learnings that you shared from your 2021. And the other thing I would add to that, Janice, is that there will never be the right time or you will never feel fully ready. Mm -hmm. Um, But just go ahead and do it. And then you will feel how rewarding it would be the same way we both experience it, despite juggling full time jobs Mm -hmm. and our respective social commitments and things like that. This podcast is something that we look forward to every week because, yes, it's a lot of work, no doubt about it. All the behind the scenes activities that goes on. To make every episode come to life, it's definitely very strenuous, but
0: it's something that we genuinely enjoy and we consider it a fun experience. It's surreal to think, right? It's only been four months, but it's been such a ride and I'm really excited for what's to come for the next year. Anyways, I would love to hear your key learnings, Sarah. I'm sure you've had so many, but share with (laughs) us some of your key learnings of this year.
1: So mine has definitely been a hodgepodge of a few intertwined key learnings, I would say. Firstly, and sort of tied into what you shared earlier, it's really about embracing the unknown and uncertainty with open arms. I think no one expected 2020 and 2021 to be the way it turned out to be. But at the end of the day, we also recognize that being adaptable, it was the most important skill that we needed to have in order to navigate it accordingly with a good attitude and spirit. I think the last thing that any one of us want to do is let the two years come and go and recognizing that there was nothing that you took out of it. And I remember, Janice, we probably had this conversation at the start of the pandemic where we say, you know, how do you get through this thoughtfully? And how do you learn something out of this experience and not just meander or float around without actually being cognizant of the experiences you're going through throughout 2020 and 2021? And so I would hope to think that we've both done our best to adapt to all the constant changes and things that were outside of our control. And most importantly, it's with navigating all these Tumultuous changes with a good attitude. The second thing I would say is to invest and grow in ourselves because we are our best investment. And this is a quote that I heard from someone during one of the early in career panel talks that I was involved in. Work on yourself harder than you work on your job because when you better yourself, you will better yourself at your job. And I think Mm -hmm. this quote could not say it more clearly in that the biggest and bestest investments that we can make is in ourselves in the time that we put into upskilling learning and just basically putting on the growth mindset that i think we're all very familiar with i love that and on that note we wanted to also take this time to celebrate some explore this related milestones since this is our final episode of season one.
0: Yeah. It's only been about four months since we first launched our very, very first episode. And it honestly feels like it's been more than four months, Sarah. I don't Definitely. know. You
1: I think <laughs> I think it's because of all the, the time we spent before that ideating yeah. and processing
0: and planning and strategizing around it. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of labor of love has been put behind the scenes, right? And so far, I'm very glad to say that feedback has been very positive, very encouraging as well. And in terms of some stats, we have crossed the 3000 download milestone about a week back and our listeners actually come from different continents and countries. So shout out to you guys who are listening from US, Spain, Denmark, Turkey, South Africa, Australia, just to name a few. And I think Sarah and myself, we are so excited to bring you more content for season two. As we are wrapping up season one and reflecting on all of the amazing guests and topics that we've had so far, we'd love to know what other topics and which other guests that you'd love for us to bring on board. So hit us up via DM. You can chat with us via our Instagram handle at Explore This Podcast. We would love to hear from you.
1: And on that note, one of the things I recall Janice and I doing on our very first episode when we wanted to introduce you to ourselves as well as our journey is to ask each other a surprise question. So I'm happy to go first. This is a question that Janice did not know I would ask. And so this is my question to you, Janice. What is the kindest thing someone has done for you this year?
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That completely took me off guard. Ooh, I mean, I'm struggling to think of it because there have been many kind gestures, honestly, that's been extended to me this year. But I would see maybe one of the things that come to my mind right now is my dear friend Rajiv who very, very kindly heard that I was moving houses. So it's a bit of context, I was living somewhere else before my current house right now. And I actually found this place on a very, very short notice. The day I saw the property, I signed it. That very night itself And everything happened Within the span of a week So moving Packing Everything It was going to happen The weekend after that And I crazily Very idealistically Thought that I could do Everything on my own Because I was like I didn't want to trouble anyone You know Packing is so arduous I don't want to put anyone else Through this So I was planning to pack And carry the load All by myself But when Rajiv A uh, dear MBA friend Of classmate of mine Who is also based in Hong Kong Heard about my crazy idea He was like Nope, I'm not letting you do this on your own. <laughs> you are nuts. <laughs> oh so, yeah, even without me asking, he was like, "I'm gonna come over on that day with a huge suitcase and help you." Bless Rajiv. No, I know. It's like honestly, bless his heart. So he helped me pack up, helped me move. I think all in all, I had about like fifteen or so bags. It it was pretty nightmarish, but with the help of Rajiv, we got everything sorted in under six hours or so. So yeah, that was a very kind gesture and super appreciated. I'm just indebted to Rajiv forever. So Rajiv, if you're tuning into this, shout out to you. Oh, you won for life. You're <laughs> the bomb diggity, Rajiv. <sighs> oh my gosh. That's, that's a great question, Sarah. Like it's, it's <laughs> making me recount amazing blessings that have happened to me this year. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for that. Definitely. All right. So, with that, I have a question for you as well. What is one habit that you have developed this year that you would like to sustain for the coming year? Ooh,
1: this is a good one. All right. I think I have one in mind, and that is with regards to health and fitness. So, I think for a very good amount of time this year, I would say maybe four to five months. I was very consistent in two things, yoga in the morning before work for an hour and 45 minutes to one hour, either a hit session or, or outdoor exercise or some, something fitness related. So essentially working out twice in a day. And I did that almost every day in a week, I would say, sometimes even onto the weekends. And I did this consistently for about five months or so and i really loved the momentum i really loved how i woke up being excited to go for a one-hour yoga session before starting work and then also being very intentional about blocking off time after work to dedicate that another 45 minutes to working out so i was doing really well and i have to give a shout out to my accountability workout buddy because essentially we worked out together for those five to six months I have to say that I have slowly lost the momentum with those workouts, primarily because my workout buddy has started going back into the office with me being an outer obliger. Something I realized is so important to me is having somebody keeping me accountable for that. So that's why I can see how having gym accountability partners are so important to you, Janice, as well as with the coaches. So on my own, I, I, probably find it a little bit more difficult to motivate myself, although it was very much a habit for those five to six months. So I guess one thing I would love to carry on to 2022 is that habit of working out consistently with or without an accountability partner. And if I can do it once Every day, that would be great if I can do it twice, even better. But definitely something I want to prioritize for the upcoming year.
0: I think by you declaring it out loud, all our audience out there will act as your (laughs) accountant
1: partners. Uh So we'll check
0: in. (laughs) I'm in trouble. But yeah, I definitely would
1: appreciate and love that check-in. And as we're preparing for this episode, it just brings us so much nostalgia as we're thinking back about the past year. And it gives us a head start to start reflections and even prepare for the upcoming year as we go into December and then January 2022. And on that note, for all our listeners that have journeyed with us since we first launched the podcast and started rolling out our weekly episodes, we want to say thank you. And also, we wanted to give a shout-out to one of our listeners who dropped us a review. And he or she goes by the handle Starburst5654. And they wrote this for us. I'll admit, I'm usually hesitant on business-related podcasts, but this one won me over right away. It's relatable, down-to-earth, and super helpful. Excited for the upcoming episodes. So thank you so much, Starburst5654,
0: for this shout out. We really appreciate it. And we hope you're still tuning into this. Thank you so much, Starburst. That's very, very kind. And we're super appreciative. And as we're going to wrap up now, there's genuinely a feeling of excitement and nostalgia, especially as we now end the year and we want to give ourselves more time to reflect, plan and strategize for the upcoming season two next year. So drop us your comments, drop us some love if you're listening to this episode and tell us about what you enjoyed most or what you resonated with by tagging us on your Instagram stories. So
1: stay tuned for a season two dropping in January 2022 with more exciting content. And also most importantly, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it will go a very long way. So with so much love from Janice and I, we wanted to say thank you thank you and bye bye if you've stuck around to the end of this episode we want to say thank you for exploring with us